Hello everyone and welcome to Deserted Island Dads. This is episode one of a four-part interview series where I sit down with a special guest and talk about all gaming and family and drinking related things that, that we can think of. My first guest is Jason Young from Advance After Combat. Jason's also an RPG designer and facilitates the Alcoholic Adventure Cabal podcast as well, among many other things. This was a lot of fun. Jason and I just kicked back a few drinks. We talked about war games, of course, but we also did a little drunk philosophy about why we even play games. It's a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy these. I'll warn you, there's probably some swearing in this episode. As I mentioned, we had some drinks as we were recording. And as a reminder, these episodes were pre-recorded. This episode was recorded on April 29th. So thanks again, Jason, for stopping by the island. I hope you all enjoy this series. Hello, friend, and welcome ashore. Welcome to the island. Thanks for having me. Happy to be uh, out of the out of the ocean. Yeah, you will find we have an ample supply of quality gaming partners, rum, scotch, and any other spirit you can think of. Any I, book oh, you ever? I see Ryan read? Gosling over there. Thank yeah. God he's here. Yeah. Do, do you see his next one? That's Claudio Sanchez. Oh, <laughs> playing an acoustic. <laughs> Scarjo, hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. What an I island! Knew, right. <laughs> That's fucking paradise. <laughs> we could just keep going with that. I do have some bad news. Oh, no. We're kind of hoping that you washed ashore with some good board games. Oh, I, I did bring some games with me. Thank, thank God. Good. Or thank the gods. I mean, depending on the island we're on. All right. So who's with me tonight? Uh, I'm Jason Young. Uh, one th- half, one third of the Advance After Combat podcast um participate in the alcoholic adventure cabal rpg podcast um i guess what 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 is my twitter the underscore rhd on twitter um rocking horse streams on basically everything else on the internet nice and rpg designer oh that's right yeah yeah you can buy my game called wandering stars on itch and drive through RPG. Um, it's fun. It's a kind of rules light sci-fi horror OSRE game. Tons of fun. Tons. Tons of fun. So this is, uh, we're recording this earlier. This is recorded on April 29th in uh, preparation of a, a baby arrival. So this is our, our first run at Des- Deserted Island Dads. So welcome everyone. And we're here tonight to not only just talk about board games and war games and all the things we like, but also I, I find my, I, I think we're somewhat in the same boat, although those boats have washed us ashore where we were involved in a lot of hobbies. <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit. So we yeah. can talk about all that stuff too. I dig it. Yeah. I, I like, uh, and it's funny. Like I, I, I tell a story all the time, but at work, I work in a very, like manly profession. So every time we do, you know, an introduction thing and, Oh, you know, tell us about your hobbies. Everybody's like, yeah, I go mountain biking. You know, we, we have side-by-side off-road vehicles We're camping and it gets to me. I'm like, I like to read. I like history. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, nerd, let's, let's continue. Yeah. I was, my cousin's actually in town from Portland and we went to a bar last night and I was like, yeah, like I I just let it slip. I I was I was like, yeah, I just have this weird interest in Finnish history. And like, I was <laughs> like, it, it was relevant to what we were talking about. And then like, he decided to go down that path. He's like, so what's the deal with Finland? And then it's like, well, okay, here's the thing. Like, 
All right. And it's, it's hard to explain. It's like, yeah, I, I'm obsessed with the medieval period in Northwest Europe right now. People are like, okay, I don't know what to say to that. Like, well, you asked, fucker. So <laughs> right. what, what do you want from me? I didn't ask you. We did some we did some interviews and one girl was really really nice and she did her homework on me and she's like and I I see that you you have an interest in history and so do I and I'm just like yes I do but please tell me about your interest because <laughs> going down my rabbit hole that's awesome well plenty of history to be had here on the island before I, I we chat any further I think we should just start with a category okay so I. Uh, we're going to go through, we have at least five different categories. Um, and let's just start with card game, because maybe that's the smallest, maybe that's easiest to get out of the way. So if you watched ashore, what's your deserted island card game? I I would wash ashore with Glory to Rome. Really? Glory to Rome is a 10 out of 10 game for me. Uh, it's a game that... If I could play regularly, which which I probably could actually, I think if I if I pushed it, um, it's it's fantastic. Um, it's you know we play a lot of innovation as a group, um, and innovation is great. But Glory to Rome, there's just something in the kind of chaotic nature of that game. It's big. There's a lot of cards. Um, but I don't know. There's just something in the way the multi-use cards work in Glory to Rome that just really, really speaks to me. And there's, I mean, frankly, you know, if if we're on a deserted island and we need to make up another game based on the games we bring, <laughs> Glory to Rome probably has enough cards that we could figure out something to do with it. Enough symbols. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'm curious. Have you played the? Have you played Matai and I? Which is I have. Okay. Um, it didn't click as well for me, and I don't exactly know why. Um, I bought it thinking it would be simpler. Um, mm-hmm. And my wife, who l- really likes games but hates learning new games, loves Glory to Rome. And she'll tell you, like, I don't like complex games. You play Glory to Rome, and that's, I mean, that's up there. And she loves Power Grid. Um, and we played it, and it didn't click for her. It didn't click for me. And I don't know. I don't know why. And maybe it's just because it's not Glory to Rome. But we've, yeah, we've, I think I've played, what's the dinosaur one? Eucronia. Um, uh-huh. Yep. Didn't like that one as much either. Did you play Red 7? Love Red 7. Yeah, that's, that's kind of our go-to filler game with, especially with new people. Because um, that's a game that you explain it and people are like, oh, that's weird. Right. And then they play it and they're like, okay, we need to play that again. Uh, or yeah. you explain it. And you make your wife cry. And then you feel like a jerk. <laughs> that, there's that. Yeah. Red 7 has a tainted past for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. It is. It, and it, it can be super mean. And for me, because I'm a dumbass, uh, the first time I played it, my turn got over. And I was like, I won. And they're like, we still have cards. Like, <laughs> the game's not <laughs> over because you're winning. You, you haven't lost because you're winning. <laughs> so it's not uno it's right exactly <laughs> so i'll back up a little bit because we just listed a whole bunch of games and i think we should give credit due where or credit where credit's due and these are all carl chuddick games that's right yep. everything we listed and so if you had to if you had to rank all of those i'm gonna put you on the on the hot seat here it sounds like lord of rome's at the top 
Oh yeah, yeah, 10 out of 10. Um, then I would put innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, so Glory Rome, I guess, to, to back up even a little bit from, from that, um, it's, uh, it, each card has um, basically five uses on it. Um, and on your turn, you'll choose one of your, the cards in your hand. It has a role associated with it, which is an action, and then it goes around the table. Those people can can discard a card matching that to do that same thing, or if they have that um, patron on their board already, they can they can get additional bonuses from that um, or passing it cards. And so with that kind of lead and follow mechanism, everybody stays engaged throughout the game, and you're basically building buildings that give you special powers that break the game. And it can last like 20 minutes or it can last an hour. Um, And it's basically fun no matter what. And so when I, when I think deserted Island games, I think about replayability and Mm -hmm. even just like, so do you think that um, glory to Rome offers the most like variability or replayability between plays or is it just your Um, favorite? And that's why. It's it's both. I think it has a lot of replayability because it has so many cards. Because I mean, each each game is going to be very different, um, and it has a little bit. My my second favorite of his games is Innovation, which is probably a nine, maybe nine point five out of ten. Um, but it's I don't think it has a the the crunch I guess that Cloyd Rome has. Okay. Um, but it's crazy fun still. So I, I, you know, if if I couldn't bring Glory to Rome, it would be innovation, and it's in a smaller box and and all that. Um, and then from there, I think it kind of goes down. I've played the the space game, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, uh, Montanai, I think, would probably be number three. Then probably Ukronia, then the space game. I think is kind of where. Oh, oh, Red Seven's actually act after innovation. Sure, I love Red Seven. I haven't played Flowerfall, which looks fun. It's kind of like a card dexterity game where you're tossing cards onto points, and I haven't played that. But I don't even know if I'm I'm familiar with that one. That might not actually be Carl Chalik, actually. That no, it is. Be, um, it is. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So which version of, of uh, Glory to Rome do you watch the short Oh, with? Black Box, baby. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I you know what? I mean, I have I, it. It's, like, it's worth $300. I'm going to bring it to the island. <laughs> not not a satellite phone. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. No, seriously, if, I don't want to talk to anybody. I, I just want to play Glory to Rome. Boom! And you know what? Here's some great opponents. I think they're coming over to take our dream quarters. Tom Burke and Holiday Granger. Oh, nice. Uh, so they want to know what are you drinking? I am drinking uh, my third Negroni of the night. Very, very good. And I am very excited to hear what you were drinking. So first off, I started the night out with, I got to give some praise to this IPA. It's a hazy IPA called Wrestle Daddy. <laughs> and the can You've been is, a fan. Oh, yeah. Like, I stopped in Omaha, basically on our way out of town, to reload up. And wow. it, it was that good. It was a nice little brewery. The one, the one shitty thing they did. You know, like, you check out. We grabbed a beer. I was with my father-in-law. We had a beer. And then we each got a few more six-packs, like, as a final. Like, all right, let's reload up. Their debit credit card machine defaulted to like a 30 or 35% tip. 
It's like, I bought one beer and I'm buying four six packs and you want me to give you like, you know what, like a third, like, no, I'm like, I'm like a dollar. If I'm getting a beer, usually it's like a dollar tip. Like I lifted these sure. six packs. Like what? <laughs> Anyways, that's good stuff. Are are you a wrestle daddy? Are you, do you like wrestling? Oh yeah. Yeah. Closet. So uh, my wife and I were married on a Saturday. We were leaving on our honeymoon on, do we leave on Tuesday or Wednesday? We left on a Thursday and that Monday my throat started hurting, but then my wife surprised me with Monday night raw tickets. And my nice. one claim to, my one wow. claim to fame is I started a Seth Rollins. You sold out chant. At, uh, the Sprint Center. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I, but I like that story. Hell yeah. That was earlier. Now I'm, I'm drinking something you recommended me quite a while ago. I'm doing the rum version, but I'm, okay. I'm enjoying a trade wins right now. It's a good drink. It's very good. And for those who don't know, I've got light rum. I chose the Plantation 3 Star. And then to keep it on brand for dark rum, I did the Plantation Original Dark. And then you have lemon juice. Then you have apricot liqueur. And then you have basically liquid candy, which is cream and coconut. Mm -hmm. And it's good. It's very good. I like the gin version. So you just replace the rum with gin. It's a little bit drier. Um, but yeah, it's, it's solid. Aaron doesn't really like the gin version, so I'll, I'll make us each one in our preferred with the, uh, you gotta, you gotta get the, the little paper umbrella, uh-huh. break it and stick it in the, the lime or the lemon shell. Oh, it's such a good drink. Now I was going to do the gin version at your recommendation, but the only gin I have on store right now is aged gin. And I just don't, I don't think that would be. Or, or sorry, not um, old Tom Gin is what yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, that probably wouldn't work as well. Nice. Okay, so like if you're if you're brewing up a Negroni, when when I make a Negroni, I tend to go old Tom Gin. Old Tom Gin has surpassed dry gins. I still like Beefeater actually. Like I've discovered that I enjoy Beefeater way more than Bombay. Bombay was like my introductory gin. <laughs> so like, what's your go to gin for just in general? And then when you're making a Negroni. Uh, I, I really like beef eater, but my go-to is Tangare. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I really, really don't like Bombay. Um, the Bombay dry is okay. Um, but Bombay Sapphire, I really, really don't like. Um, so yeah, we, Aaron really likes, Aaron really likes gin basically. Um, but she prefers Tangare to beef eater. So that's what we buy. But I, I, I would probably prefer beef eater a little bit, especially in a, in a granny. Um, but we have, I don't know, five or six gins. We, we keep on in stock. We keep the botanist and aviation and, uh, Hendrix and Tangare and sprinkle around a little bit. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think like when I was in college, I was like, oh, yeah, I like Bombay Sapphire. And then like I just started having like gin and tonics or I'm, I'm more of a gin and soda water these mm-hmm. days. Yeah, I don't like tonic either. And like I started like really disliking them. And then I found it was the Bombay Sapphire. Yeah. And then I it, had it has feeder. a weird thing right. in it. Mm. Tangeray is classic. I mean, it's not. Overly... I don't know if I've really had Tangeray. It's good and just regular. Like not the ten, not the, um, you know, super appropriative, Jaipur or whatever. Um, it's it's just it's solid. 
Next next time you're up here, we'll have to do uh, Tom's Town. Mm-hmm. Either they do these really cool release parties, like you, just, you pay twenty five bucks, but then you also go home with their limited release. And they've done like Navy Strength Gin. Oh yeah, that's the best. And they've done they've done bourbons and all kinds of stuff. But they're that's my other go to, and that's what I, I I don't think they call it an old Tom, but they have an aged gin, and that's what I've got on the liquor shelf right now. I love I love liquor. I was gonna say I love gin, but not really. I, I like all of it. Well, let's. Uh, I made this comment at the show, like we're omni hobbyists, or hmm. so. If you if you had to shoehorn your your gaming hobby into one category, which is a pretty big ask, just based off your interest and what I know about you, how what would you do? Like, are you a war gamer first? Are you an RPG first? Are you, or do you just consider yourself? I'm flavor of the month. Um, if I had to go with one, I think it would be historical war gaming. Um, I really like especially like family style Euro games. Um, but really that's mostly me pushing it mm. <laughs> with, with the family. I mean, my family all likes to play games, but it's, uh, it's a low priority. So if anything else comes up, it's gaming kind of gets, gets pushed to the sideline. Um, I really love RPGs for the kind of group environment um, and the storytelling. Um I'm also not naturally very social. So sometimes that, you know, it can just be a lot. Um, right. So historical war games, I think for me, you, you kind of get a good mix. It, it does have the gaminess. Um, it does have some interaction, um, but you can also do them solo. And, and so for me, I think, I think that's really where I, I sit mostly um that said i'm very picky with what i play and it, it kind of creates you know some some weird things i don't play a ton of world war ii games i don't really have any interest in world war ii uh, especially the european theater um you know most of the french stuff i don't really like so i have you know really like three niche um time frames i guess in 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 wargaming that I, that I kind of focus on, but I think still there, there's enough game there for me to play around with. Um, and then there's enough intersection, uh, especially now since I've gotten into the civil war that, that I can find people to play with. So what are those three categories? Uh, really, uh, medieval, um, the American civil war and the Vietnam war. Nice. Yeah. And when I say the Vietnam war, that includes, um, you know, the Chinese wars with Vietnam, the French Indochina war and the American war in Vietnam. Did you just roll Korea into that too? Just so a little bit. Really yeah. <laughs> kind of post cold war. Yeah. <laughs> or I guess cold war, cold, cold, war. cold war. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, you were setting up a good transition then we, we blew past it. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrangle it back in and that's, you started talking about like family and gaming. And so let's, let's bring up another category, which is, your deserted island non war game board game, and this is not a family game. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, th- this is going to be eighteen thirty for me. Oh, yeah, big train gamer. 
uh, big just kind of train nerd in general. Um, and I it had there it had to be a train game. And you know if we're gonna have a, a hypothetical who's who of people on the island, we're gonna have time to to teach these people how to play a game. And uh, I think 1830 is a good one. I think it's infinitely replayable. Um, there you know there is some metas I think that can kind of creep out of a group's playstyle in 1830, uh, but it's just such a good game, and it it's it's so rewarding. It's mm, what celebrity would my, go ahead? I don't know that it's my favorite 18xx game, um, but it's it's almost perfect in what it does. You know, I think I think that's a valid statement. And the more I play 1830, and the more I play with different, my 1830 group is with the Advance After Com. Like my 1830 plays are almost strictly with that, with the Advance After Combat group. I've since like gotten different and diverse plays. And you just see all these divergent, like different game styles come out and you learn mm-hmm. different strategies and like your mind gets blown. You know, I, I'm playing in a group now where they like to start a lot of suitcase companies. And I think <laughs> playing with our group, I, I think we tend to play very conservatively. I'm saying we, but like mm-hmm. the advanced after combat group where there's very little multi-share mind. We, I hardly see you know, when we're playing with, with Rex or, or duck or, or, you know, name your opponent, we've, I barely see, rarely see cross buying in our group. I think it's really safe. And in this group, I think they're more aggressive and that offers more chances to dump. And then just different levers each time is different. It's not my favorite 18 XX, but it does offer that variable gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 it it has the kind of sharp corners and there's you know there's some very definite i think strong strategies but i think each of those strategies has has ways around it and, um especially in that kind of group thinking oh this guy got this and this combination and so now we kind of need to pile on the leader and then who kind of rises from the ashes and um it just it offers a lot of kind of dickhead moves um with kind of that that kind of grand strategy in mind so what's, think, what would you what what's your favorite hnxx game like it's way too early like recently i ranked 49 i still really like 49 i'm seeing you know once someone points a flaw out to you then it's like in the back of your head where there's not a lot of variance in play it falls like track play. laying and stuff right i'm actually okay so with good. that it is it's so good <laughs> with more plays. Have you played 41, 1841? No. Oh man. Yeah. The, the short of it is companies can buy other companies. Mm-hmm. Like a company can float another company. There's so many interesting levers to pull and it's, I find those levers. There's almost as many levers as 1817, but I find them more enjoyable in 41. Sure. Um, so given time, probably 1841, and then given time, 1841, like if I had to pick a train game myself, maybe the what washes ashore. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can get behind that. The one downside is it's like you can only get it through Golden Spike, and it's yeah. very expensive. And that's, that's way out. Someone needs to reprint it. Yeah, 49 is so like, for me too. 
it's it's solid so good it's just mean i'm I'm playing in the the tournament for it and like in in two of my three games i've dumped all over people (laughs) and have bought up in one of them i think i've bought doubles and like we're closing out and i have doubles in two or three companies that aren't that's the best just feels good when you can get the presidency and the double it's like oh yeah yeah right all the time there's so many interesting timing mechanics in that game even if the track lane's the same mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so if you had to watch like what uh who would be like a celebrity 18xx shark you think that you'd want to watch shore on the island i don't know if i can even think of one i'm just um christoph waltz nice okay <laughs> yeah i can buy that yeah all right. So the 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 segment's called or the this this little maternity leave project is called Deserted Island Dad. And you mentioned it like the the, the non-war game board games although you picked 1830 we t- we talked about these like family games we like to play. I, and so like I want to just explore that a little bit more like All right, if you're sitting down to play a game with a family like what what kind of game are have you found success with like i have good success with with cat like we know the types of games we want to play like what games have you found work for your kids um it and my my kids really will go with the flow Um, okay my especially my daughter i mean she was 10 playing she'd go to board game days with me and just kind of play whatever people would teach um my son's pretty much the same way he'll he'll basically play whatever um aaron is my wife is is kind of the um kind of the linchpin because again she just she likes playing games she hates learning games Mm -hmm. so first pick would be a game she's familiar with um and then from there she there's certain things she likes um so i kind of try to navigate those waters um we've been playing a lot of uh castles of tuscany lately Uh um she she likes that quite a bit um she really likes kingsburg i think she likes the she likes dice um and i i think she does like the kind of worker placement piece of that kind of placing your dice on the board uh and then she really likes trick-taking games so we've been playing as a family, uh, the crew a lot, the the first one, the space one, um, and that's the one lately she's been she's been going to. It's either that or like a roll and write, like that's so clever or, um, um, encore or quicks. Ooh, she quicks really and Quinto those. are great. Yeah, yeah, they're and and they're fun, and so that's you know if we ever go anywhere for dinner, I'll I'll put in the bag um one of those you know just kind of depending on what i'm feeling and then something like point salad something like for sale um you know those oh, kind of easy sale. yeah she also likes auctions so like for sale um matt allen brought over um modern art a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. played that she really liked that she's like we need to own that game <laughs> um that's a good sign yeah and so yeah and and that's you know she's like i don't like complicated games Yes, you do, because she loves Power Grid. Like, you'll play Power Grid for two hours. Like, don't tell me you don't like heavy games. It's just you don't want to get past that learning, which I get, you know. Right. Um, I I do like that, but I can see why why she doesn't. 
Have you so, played? Uh, have you played Super Skill Pinball? No. So actually, it's so funny that you that you mentioned that because um, I've been trying to, <laughs> and she'll never listen to this, so it doesn't matter. So I have like my spending budget uh-huh. for the month, um, and you know things come out of that. But if we go to the game store together, typically the little one and the li- and the middle one will get Pokemon cards and then all kind of like, so then that comes out of the family budget, right? So I've been trying to get her to go to the game store because um, she does like rolling rights and she likes pinball. So that that's going to be um, on the on the agenda the next time we get to the game store, which is probably two or three weeks away. But I, like I know you shares. recommend it. Yes, well, and my wife does too. I the, like a a good memory of mine is we had rented a cabin last winter. I was tired as hell. Well, there was only like two rooms, so our daughter like slept in her pack playing the night, and she was like up all night, so I was tired. And I I fell asleep at like seven thirty, and I woke up at like eight fifteen, dice rolling, and there was my wife oh, playing so good. pinball. So it's got a great solo mode, but that that's never happened. She she will play any game I throw at her at least once, mm-hmm. excluding war games. Sure, and yeah, that's fair. Like it just blew my mind. It was so cool to see. Like finally, <laughs> after like she's <laughs> playing a solo game by herself, and that's like not her thing. But she likes pinball that much. It's a good one. That's so good. Yeah, only I I need to get it. Not that this is a show about like recommendations and stuff, but um. Paul and I played. Sure, (laughs) right. It it, it is. It is. It is. Paul and I played Doctor Jackal and Mister Hyde. It's a two-player drinking game. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's it's similar to uh, this game that I'm also really high on right now called Maskman. Maskman's a a shedding game where you don't know like how strong. Speaking of wrestling, um, how strong each color is. And in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you don't know how strong each suit is until they're played. It's uh, And like one player wants to either shoot the moon or take everything, and one player wants to keep everything balanced. So a little like Fox in the Forest, but different. And it's are, it's good. Are there special powers on the cards? Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Certain cards so, have special powers. Yep. Oh, so Aaron won't like it. So we, because mm. I tried, because she loves trick-taking games, like she loves spades. But I tried Fox in the Forest, and she was like, I don't like when the cards have special powers. Oh, I was like, what yeah. do you mean? She was like, well, like, it's a two of diamonds. It should just be a two of diamonds. <laughs> like, but it says it on the card. And she and she was like, I don't like when cards have special powers. I'm like, you love Glory to Rome. What are you talking about? <laughs> so it's very confusing. But I might still pick it up. I mean, pick it up, and if she doesn't like it, then sell it and whatever. Because it going... looks super cool, and we both like that story quite a bit. Yeah, I mean it. I would say it probably leans into the the powers a little bit more, but there's only five non-suited cards, and those are the ones with the powers. So oh, I don't okay. Know yeah, she'll like that because she likes Haggis, which is kind of similar with the kind okay. of bombs. So I'm gonna throw one more out to you, and then we'll get back on topic. And this this has been like I've been watching like pre-orders in another group, like sore for this thing. It's called Cat in the Box. Have you heard of this? I'm anti-cat, but no, I have not. Imagine a trick-taking game. And let's say you have you have three sevens, and you play a seven. That seven can be, and just for, like, use colors in this game, but let's just say it could be a spade, a heart, a diamond, or a club. 
you pick the suit when you play that seven. No one oh, else can then pick a seven of clubs or, or in the actual game, it's like seven of yellow. And then I think the game ends when someone gets in a paradox, when they're going to play a card and it's impossible. <laughs> like you have to follow suit and all you have is a seven and someone's already played the yellow. seven of yellow. Like, well, all right, you broke the universe. That's cool. It's kind of yeah, like a seven trick taking game. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it, cool. it plays two to five. And that's why I, I don't know how the two player is, but they just like opened up uh, um, like Renegade games or someone's doing bringing uh, like a deluxe version. Looks really cool. Cat in the box. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So let's go back to like family real quick. So was there a conscious effort for for any of your kids? You said your daughter went with you to game days. Was it like, hey, I'm going to get I mean, this, this show is called Deserted, not Desert. D- yeah, it is Desert, not Desert. I'm. I think the cocktail's kind of catching up. Um, like it's uh, like second kids on the way. So like, was there a conscious effort? Was that like something you set up to do? Like, I want my kids to be involved with gaming. Um, not really. Um, I um when I got into Euro gaming, probably two thousand. I guess it was right around 2008-2009. We were broke. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, the the bottom had kind of fallen out of the economy. Um, We we were broke. I mean, that's what it was. And so it was kind of looking for something to do that wasn't watching TV and didn't cost a lot of money. Um, So I bought Carcassonne. Um. Uh, what was the other one I bought early on? Uh, Ticket to Ride. Yeah, you know st- stuff like that. Um, and my daughter was right at that age where, you know, we had a Wii, um, but we didn't really have a lot else going on, and so she really kind of glommed onto it. We would go, um, and my wife's family is very close knit. So we'd go to like family dinners and play big group games and party games, apples to apples and things like that. And I would bring Carcassonne and people are like, wow, this is really crazy. This is really cool. And she really connected to it. So I didn't really have to kind of push it with her. Um, and then as I got kind of deeper into the hobby, she kind of came with me until she was probably 14 or 15. And she got really involved in sports and, kind of moved on and I our game group kind of dissolved as I kind of got into war games and kind of got away from that stuff but we would still play family games all the time um, and my son was he's four years younger than she is and so she, he kind of came up just being exposed to it uh-huh. uh, he's not as inclined toward the um, like heavier euro like my daughter really likes economic games she she likes you know, the kind of engines and, and kind of building the, the pieces. My son really likes, like he grew up um, and I would, you know, go to Goodwill because again, we were broke and found this weird game with little hexagons and, and plastic miniatures called Heroescape. And I just bought it on a lark. Like this Hell looks yeah. weird. And we played the shit out of Heroescape. Yes. Um, like every weekend. And he, I've never won. Like, and he was young um, and he would just kick my butt at Heroescape. Um, 
and so that was kind of his his thing and then we would play like blockus and um, some of the more kind of abstracty um, the magic labyrinth and, and things like that and now with cameron or so i have a 20 year old a 16 year old and a six-year-old so kind of big spread um now with cameron we're kind of exploring because he's younger um kind of the hava games now which we didn't really do with the middle boy when um when he was younger so we have some hava games now but he's kind of getting to that age where um you know we're playing mice and mystics and he's tried to play um gloomhaven with us but what the the middle boy really likes is rpgs mm. um he asked me i think uh, this was a few years ago now but uh, i think it was his 12th birthday um and he knows you know i've been playing rpgs and whatever <clears throat> and i asked him what he wanted to do for his birthday he was like i want to have friends over and i want to play TD. Like, nice okay we can make that happen so we we did that um and so that's what we've been doing um and i'm going to try to kind of get it on a pretty regular schedule is with the younger one who's six we're playing mouse ritter which is yes. a kind of it's not mouse guard but it's you know you play as anthropomorphic mice who are kind of defending their their keep and going out on an adventure and it's it's pretty kid friendly it's very rules light um so we've been playing that the the three of us and it and it's such a great game it's so light but it has this kind of open storytelling where um i'm not because i'm old i'm not great at playing so when the little one wants to just hey let's play like i <laughs> he wants to play pokemon like with figures like well i know what this pokemon does so that's what it does he's like no it can be a ghost fairy type i'm like well those don't really exist um which he doesn't like to hear and i i get that <laughs> so and then the older one is really into you know video games and stuff and so it kind of gives us this language to all sit down together and kind of play in this open world but there's still rules and there's rules that everybody can kind of follow even the six-year-old and um it's 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 been great for us so that, that it, we all kind of have our our own little little niches and then kind of come around um come together around rpgs that's awesome and a beautiful segue into what rpg washes ashore yeah this is this is hard for me uh, i'm gonna bring groups with me Be <laughs> uh, because you. you know it's generic and universal uh it can it can do all the stuff it's not my favorite system but i do like gurps um, and I think in this kind of situation, it, it could basically do whatever you want. That's fair. I get that you're weighing the the desert island versus the like favorite or exactly, most exactly, exactly. Pro it, it can do so thing. much. You could you you know, and and if it wasn't GURPS, it would probably be something like Maze Rats, which is I I really like. <laughs> it's funny. So I'm bringing GURPS to the island, but. I really like rules light, you know, mm -hmm. um, and especially uh, Mouse Ritter's D20. But I really like 2D6 or 3D6 systems with kind of the bell curve. Um, so Maze Rats is 2D6 system, which, but but it's still kind of a very OSRE kind of. It's basically what if 
you know, original D&D was 2D6 kind of thing. But GURPS, I mean, there's there's enough in that in that base book that you could basically do whatever you want. Right, right. You could you could fill any role. I'll I'll say that I I don't know if I would like ever be able to identify in one or another. Like I love big meaty systems or super rich lore and, and like all this stuff with like big payoff, but it takes a lot of work. But also some of my favorite RPG sessions are those heist sessions we did, which is oh, those are so good. rules light, yeah. complete theater of the mind, no prep. You just show up and you pull off a heist. Hmm. And those were so good. And like, I think that's why, you know, you said like y- you and your family have come up with this like common language over RPGs. I think that's why it works because there's so many ways to reach like a common objective. And you know, like I can have this super crunchy thing and then also I can have like, all right, everyone just bring a D6. We're not going to use a virtual tabletop. We're just going to yep. sit down and hang out. And that's yep. like the best. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. And I, I, I was thinking actually, um, I was poking around on stuff online and saw the hoser game we'd played. Yes. Kind of one-on-one kind of down on his luck, amateur hockey player, like just so good. And some of those stories are just, they're just the best. Yeah, I think when you give, I don't know like what I like most. I think when you give the players the most room to role play. Remember mm-hmm. when in Mark's game, in Leroy's game, we did, um, like we just like, we braced with our character's death and we were two dead characters and he just sat back and like let us talk about death. Yep. And, and that's like, that's where I really like RPGs, where the players have room to really get into it. And sometimes you don't always get that. Sometimes you need to push the players along. But if they do just get that, like, ability to role play and live in the moment is, like, awesome. Yeah. I I, I hope you, I hope we get back to that. Because, yeah, I do think about those sessions a lot. And it's <laughs> it's, like, heartwarming, but still, like, super dark. And your OBX game, right? Like it's that system kind of gets out of the way. You just let the characters kind of do whatever, and it it creates the story within the group. Um, and it's is that six, five, five, six guys sitting around the table, telling a story, being able to kind of escape a little bit for right. you know a couple hours at a time, and just come together and tell the story of even though that's not a fantastical world, it's still a fantastical story with these kind of heightened characters who are playing very specific archetypes. Um, that's not something we get day to day. And that's, that's really why right. I like RPGs so much. All right. I don't want to lose this thread because this, this leads brilliantly to a follow-up question that I already had. And like, you haven't seen this, but I do want to get another one out of the way. And then we're going to circle right back to this. And I think this may be, I'm going to assume that this is maybe your least played category and that's deserted Island miniature games. Yeah. I'm not really a miniatures guy. Um, so I would, if, if you'll allow Gloomhaven to be a miniatures sure. game, I it's would take minis. Gloomhaven because again, I think there's enough in that box to, to just play with. But mm-hmm. again, once that's done, there's enough story in there that, can kind of keep yeah. going with whatever the characters become and you know whatever else kind of 
even if it's just Jaws of the Lion, which my son and I've been playing is, you know, that's a $35 box that has hours and hours and hours in it. That's just so good. Plus you're on a deserted island. So you don't really have to worry. My, my only complaint with Gloomhaven and we've bought Jaws of the Lion to address this is we quit playing because it was such a pain to reset up and get everything back out. Yep. And even Jaws of the Lion is still a bit of a bear for that, but the map at least is easy. Right. Right. All right. So I want to pick up that thread again. And this kind of stems from like something that Facebook actually recommended to me. And it was an interview with Sid Saxon. Okay. um, Classic. Right. And we touch on this with RPGs, but like why, before I reveal like the, the comment in the interview that resonated with me is, is why do you play games? Like why do you play RPGs? Why, why do you play war games? Why do you play train games? Why do you play your games? And it can be different answers for each of them, but I'm, I'm just curious, like what's the why behind all of this? Um, I think I, I think all of them are basically the same. Um, and even the reason I read um, is it, I'm going to say escapism and it, yeah. it, and I think that has some kind of bad weight to it. Some bad kind of, I don't know, you know, association with it. I don't have anything I'm trying to escape necessarily. It's just, you know, it's, um, and it's the same reason a lot of people watch TV or movies, but this is interactive, um, you know, books, you kind of get the the kind of learning, especially on the nonfiction side and kind of this, the storytelling, but it, it is kind of transporting you into um, you know, another place in whatever, whatever that means for you. Um, and the reason I like to do it with games is because I'm, you know, I'm old, I'm not super creative anymore. <laughs> so having that rule set around it kind of helps facilitate the the escape. So if it's a historical war game, I'm able to, okay, you know, I'm, I'm this overall commander commanding a, a, a battle of, of knights, you know, going up against the, the Turks in the desert, you know, whatever that is. And um, even solo, you can kind of do that from, from both sides. And an RPG is obviously the same. It's in RPGs is really just that kind of, and especially within our within our play group, we get stories that you can't get to anywhere else. Right. It's it's <laughs> you know, um, they might be a little bit sophomoric at times, but we're all really good at playing as our characters and and kind of getting into it. And we don't necessarily all do you know silly voices or whatever but we're true to the character and true to the setting and true to the story in a way that you you don't get that at work right everybody's still playing a character in a way but that you know that collective story isn't as interesting um i think euro games and family games are a little bit different it's kind of seeing the mechanisms work a little bit, but it is still kind of let's carve out an hour away from the television, away from whatever else is going around. And when we do sit down uh, to play a family game, it's, you know, the, the culture around the table is you put your phone somewhere else. We don't have our phones at the table. We just kind of sit down and play the game. Um, So, you know, it is just a break from reality. I, I mean, you nailed it on the head and that's, 
I think I knew that all along and there's past examples of it in, but like this was some interview with Sid Saxon, like in the eighties or something like that. And it's just like, he's talking about how it's like just a few hours to get away from everything. Mm-hmm. And then when you start to think about it, it's like, yeah, when I'm playing 1830 and I, and I don't mean like playing, you, you know, between work calls or something like that or an 18 extra sure. games or playing a board game arena. Like there, I'm just playing to play the games. But, you know, last week, last week was Donkey Kong. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do all these phone updates and like show how our, our Hakapali game's going and all this stuff. And then I like, I didn't. And that's because <laughs> I, I think because you're present. Right. I'm present and I'm like, I'm unplugged from that. It's, there's no work bothering me. I don't need to check my phone to like see what's going on. I just like all that stuff is like, yeah, there's people in a room and we're bullshit with each other and all this other stuff when we're talking. But it is just a few hours or all day or 30 minutes or 15 minutes, you know, whatever you're playing where none of that matters. And I understand that there are very serious real life situations and not everyone has that opportunity to, to escape. Yep. But taking that advantage and getting the opportunity to that is is like important. Like I need to turn work off sometimes or just the outside world like news cycle whatever it is bam mm-hmm. off let's get lost in the crew or what you name it you know and i do check my phone like I, I i notice like i'm not checking my phone when i'm like really into a new game and that's that's like always a good thing in my mind for sure yeah and it's something my my wife works in community development and um she's kind of updating their language kind of across their um across our programs, you know, cause they, they talk about things like time management and everybody has 24 hours in their day. I'm like, well, <laughs> we're, we're pretty well off. Our 24 hours looks a lot different than, than a lot of the people coming to these courses, 24 right. hours, you know, I don't, I don't have to take the bus to work. I don't have to, you know, do all these different things that these people do, but I think there is whatever time you can get having that time away from the phone, away from, the TV distractions and I love my phone. I mean, I love social media. It's Instagram and Twitter. Great. You know, I, I mean, they're awful, but they're great. They, <laughs> they, you know, it's, 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 it's both things. And, um, you know, TV, we have our shows and, and movies, but there's something about a game, especially with a group of like-minded people or your family that just creates a different environment that you don't, mm-hmm. you don't get anywhere else. And, um, yeah, and, and and people don't see it. You know, you talk about playing board games and oh, it's Monopoly and like, well, you know, if you're if that's your game, that's that's fine. But there's a lot of games out there that do a lot better and and kind of can teach you something, can show you something, can entertain you in ways that you know a lot of people just it it it's it kind of gets invalidated, right? Because it's it's like a oh, it's a game. Well, right. <laughs> I guess <laughs> they they do a lot of good and I, and like that's a whole nother topic. I I will share a story like one day, like ton on my plate at work, and then like cat. This was before we had kids, and like cat was heading off to work, and then she got a flat tire like right away. And then I was like, oh, fuck, well, I got to get her to work or her to the Firestone or wherever we took her. I don't know. And then I was like, fuck it, let's just 
stay home. And I know like not addressing your problems isn't like the right thing to do, but like we did, we both were just like, all right, you know what? We're, we're canceling today. And we played, we started with, um, Oh, what's that art? The gallerist. And oh, then yeah. Yeah. Wow. we played like four rounds of viticulture and oh, all we did from like sun up from sundown, hang out with the dogs and play games and ignored all responsibility. Maybe not the healthiest thing, but it's still one of my like favorite board game memories, period. Yeah, that's so good. Right. That's so good. All right. I saved I saved the maybe most topical for you for last, and that's that's war games, which is war games is what brought you and I together and then eventually in RPGs and stuff, but war games was our, our first shared common thread. So if you wash ashore with one war game, what are you washing ashore with? I've got on, I've gone back and forth on this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So initially I thought Vietnam, 1965, 1975, it's a big game. There's a lot of game in there. Uh, And then I was thinking, well, what about fields of fire? You know, I would finally have time to sit down with the rule book and figure it out. Um, But, you know, if, if there's people here, let's take advantage of that and, and let's be a little bit more social and let's, Let's open it up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my my gut and go Vietnam 1965 1975. Nice, the the classic. Like, I mean, obviously on your podcast, you guys have talked about it as one of the best war games ever, right? It is it is my favorite war game. Yeah, it's I don't know, and and it's a part of it for me is it's very topical to me. I'm I've since I was in sixth grade, probably I've been obsessed with the American war in Vietnam and um, I don't know, just the messiness of it and everything around it. You know, there's, there's no right answers. And I just, I just love that. Like, you know, world war two, it's very kind of cut and dry and yeah, there's a lot of interesting operations and tactical decisions going on there. But uh, to me, it's a very clear cut, cut and dry, right? Like we know who the good guys were. We know who the bad guys were. Vietnam is a little bit muddier. Um, and, you know, were the reasons we were there even worth being there for? And those kinds of things are what I really like is kind of that gray, kind of messy, muddy area. Um, and this game somehow captures it basically perfectly. Um, and the the new GMT version of it that just came out you know, Nick Karp's kind of updated designer notes. He talks about how he kind of came about some of uh, some of the mechanisms in it and, and kind of laying aside all of the kind of wargaming conventions and I go, you go, and this kind of turn thing. And that's not how that war was fought. There's no front. It's, <laughs> you know, you, you have to go find the enemy and that enemy might not even be there. Um and it captures that so well. Um, and I've only played scenarios. Um, and there's enough in there on the scenarios. Um, you could play, I think in the new version, there's eight, I think, something like that, which is a ton. I mean, that's a ton of game just right there. But then you have two campaign scenarios, which will last you years. So, hmm. you know, looking at it from a deserted island perspective, um, you know, Vietnam, the campaign game, you could really kind of get in there and, and play around with it. Nice. It's a good pick. It's such a good game. It's such a good game. I'm so glad GMT reprinted it. I had a yeah. little bit of part in it, but. 
it's pretty cool that they were everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Both GMT, Nick, Mitch, and those guys. Everyone who helped Mitch, develop Justin, it. Ralph. Yeah, such right. a good crew. Right. It's really cool that that's, that's back. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing if it lives up to the hype because whenever I started listening, I'm sure that Vietnam was, was talked about right from the get-go. So it's always been this thing like, ah, I got to play Vietnam. So Measure White Wing. That's where it's at. It's, <laughs> such, right. it's such a good scenario. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Any anything you want to talk about before we turn the heat up and get to the hot seat? Oh shit. I don't think so. I think we've pretty well covered it. Oh, I was we, we keep kind of touching on, you know, the the multi multi uh hobbyist. Uh-huh. I, I was that that kind of made me a little bit reflective because my other current obsession is uh pipes and pipe tobacco. Uh-huh. And that's that's kind of that same thing, right? Like when I go have a pipe, it's reflective. It's away from everything. I put my phone down. I might listen to music or listen to an audiobook or something, but I'm kind of getting away. Uh-huh. I'm just kind of, you know, almost meditating, kind of breathing and getting this kind of alone time um, that, that the, you know, talking about why we game kind of made me reflect on a little bit. Even if you like, you could find that with probably a lot of hobbies. I mean, even if sure. there's probably a certain element to that, even just with like pins, you know, mm-hmm. we, we both like right. nice pins and it's yeah. nice to like, I'm on this computer all day and I, I maintain a project list on my computer, but like, it's nice to step away and use a nice pin and just like organize myself. Journal and compartmentalize or organize, it, you yep. know? Right. My daughter actually, um, I guess two, three years ago for Father's Day, got me a, a book called Your Father's Story. Um, and it's this big notebook that has like writing prompts in it. Uh-huh. So it's you would write to your kids in it. Wow. And so um, I try to do it, you know, a couple times a month. Um, and some of it's pretty heavy. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I'll, you know, ink up a, a pen and kind of put my favorite ink in, in a pen and uh, kind of have have at it. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of that that quiet time to yourself, kind of getting away from the day-to-day and, um, you know, worrying about something other than what do I have due tomorrow? Right, right. Man, that that's deep. I Like, I love the idea of that, but I also don't know my comfort level like confronting something like that. I've, I've skipped some of that and I don't have sure. answers to all of the questions in there. There's a lot of like, we, we have a, we have a weird family history. So, yeah, but you know, it kind of puts you in, in kind of that reflective mode a little bit and you answer, sure. I've, I've been answering the stuff that I, I feel comfortable answering and, you know, uh, if I get to the rest of it, I get to the rest of it. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> well, good. Uh, oh, I think that's a good way to wrap up the, like the the more serious stuff because obviously like the hot seat's more lighthearted and stuff. Um that's great. That's no, great. That's a good I, discussion. I, yeah. It's made me very reflective. Yeah, I mean and that's not um you know on on one thing I, I on like one hand I have this objective of like you know, kids are on the way, so I want to talk about like family and gaming stuff. But then like there's I don't know, it's like something like will will sink in and then it just sticks with me and like that Sid Sachs interview was just like an ad or something. And like, it's so weird that it stuck with me. <laughs> did, did you watch, um, 
Midnight Mass. No, no, I've heard you and Rich talk about it, but I haven't watched it. So there is a line from that show, and I won't spoil it. And however many months ago Midnight Mass came out, like I still think about that line. And it, it's it's weird, like it how you latch on to things like that. And it's like just a stupid line from the show, but it's still like an important moment. And then like it's still like I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with that, but that's where we're at. No, I, 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 I think those things are important. I mean, and and not to kind of stay stay too heavy, but I, you know, if if something kind of clicks, I think it's important to take notice of it. And sure, if there's something to learn from it, learn from it and kind of incorporate it. I, I'm in a very kind of Buddhist mode, so those <laughs> yeah. kind of small lessons, you know, I, 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 I'm I'm trying to learn. Nice, nice. All right, let's have some fun. Let's let's do the hot seat. And I was talking I'm to so someone nervous. the other day. They, I, I spelled out. I said, "Hey, the history on the table, hot seat." And they're like, "I just got that." So this <laughs> this actually came from someone on Reddit. It's the hot seat. It's the H O T T seat. Yeah. And some people may not have caught on to that, but that's where we're at. All right, you ready? I am. Okay. I hope I, I am. Some, some of these you may hit on, but I already had the list, and so I'm just going to punch them. You can't think too long. So here we go. Uh, favorite topic to play a war game on? Vietnam. Favorite topic to read about? Oh, right now, U.S. presidents. Nice. First war game? Uh, Washington's War. Best gaming experience? Oh, maybe... Um, GCACW at Donkey Kong last oh. year. <laughs> that, that was so good. Four player GCACW. Oh man, that was so good. Duck was so mad at me. Like, oh man. Oh, that game was so good. I think about that like, yeah, weekly. Especially considering this year was a letdown in the in the game we chose. It was a great week, but like compared to that year and the OCS year, like, man, and I wasn't there. Super bummer. Right, right, exactly. Uh, favorite shipwreck uh, movie, TV show, or book? Like any of those? Favorite any of those that deals with the shipwreck? Um, so, like, if if I had to have one, yeah, like I would say Gilligan's Island. I've always been a huge Gilligan's Island fan. Oh, when I was a kid, oh, about a shipwreck. Yeah. Oh, interestingly enough, I'm reading. Uh, what is it called? I am reading in the heart of the sea right now about the the shipwreck of the Essex. Okay. It was kind of the, it's the, it's what Moby Dick is based on. Okay. So I'll pick that. Sure. Uh, what games on your table right now? <laughs> Infidel. It's <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm still obsessed with men of iron. So I'm playing the, uh, Heron, the battle of Heron, uh, 1104 AD from, from Infidel, from the men of iron tripack. I know we've got a Sherco game to play, but like it's so freaking we good. Should, it's we so good. Some Infidel, Infidel yeah. was good. I like the Infidel ones. I Infidel and uh, Pegasus. Pegasus, Pegasus. Which what's Pegasus? Operation Pegasus. Oh, Operation Pegasus. Oh man, yeah. don't give me. That's uh, I know Sherco. Sherco can can happen, but I, th- those are I those are the two games I think about playing with you. Need Operation Pegasus. Okay, yeah, yeah. We have a bromance, listeners. <laughs> uh, best city to get barbecue in? 
Oh, interesting. That's a that's a. Oh, you son of a bitch. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Austin. I, I know you want to hear Kansas City, but I, sure. I, I like a dry rub. I, I, I do like Austin, Texas barbecue. Yeah, fair enough. I'll at least you didn't pick like Norfolk or Seattle. <laughs> right, right. I could have said pure Arizona because my barbecue is <laughs> pretty, pretty damn good. Okay. <laughs> we had some damn good barbecue in St. Louis too at this place called Salt and Smoke. I'm like completely oh, yeah. the hype. And that's from a Kansas City and St. St. Louis barbecue is good. It was, it was good. Uh, what's a game you've wanted to play but haven't? Uh, line of Battle. Oh, nice. Speaking of, Antietam or Shiloh? Uh, Antietam. Best food truck food? Oh, I'm a taco guy. Nice. I had, we actually, on Saturday, we went to a food truck event locally and my family. So, although I might redact that um, based on this experience, there's a food truck locally that does Korean barbecue tacos that I, every time we go, I get distracted by something else because <laughs> the lines are always long and, you know, some, you know, my, my wife wants something, my son wants something and we kind of have to split in two and I don't want to split in three because the lines are so long. So I, I just kind of go with them. And this time I was like, fuck you guys. I'm going to Kogi. Um, it's called, uh, it's called Hibachi Bot. Um, anyway, tacos are kind of what I go to, but at this event, they had a lot of barbecue on mac and cheese Ooh, so we got yeah. like brisket and pulled pork uh-huh. on mac and cheese and like a little paper boat thing that might be my my pick i'm gonna go with tacos but that might be redacted next time we do this so we went to omaha recently the last time before that we were in omaha we went to like that's when like speakeasies were the were the oh, thing yeah it was so good and like my wife and I were drunk and we, we were walking, it was in Bricktown in Omaha, if you've ever been. And we're walking back and like it's late. And then like between us and the hotel perfectly under a street light was a taco food truck. Mm. And it was like a gift from God. And yeah. they are some of the best tacos I've ever had. And when you're three sheets to the wind, a taco food truck hits yeah. about better than anything else. And you're like, fuck it, I'll, I'll eat tongue. Bring it. Like, what do you, what do you right have? Right. <laughs> Try it. Hit, it. hit me with it. I, I think this might line up, but I don't want to assume. Uh, best food to pair with tiki drinks? I ta- uh, yeah, a Mexican food. I I, I do yeah. like uh, uh, Polynesian food a uh, lot. We'll, sure. Um, we'll make um, like Kahlua pork or we'll make Spam Asubi and, and do tiki. But just like carne asada and tiki drinks is just yeah. so classic. Dude. Steak, onion, cilantro, lime, yeah. tacos, tiki oh, drink, so bam. Yeah, yeah. So yep. I think that's what we're gonna do tomorrow. I, um, and we're we're both kind of on on diets. So there's a place by the, us that does keto tacos. So nice. they milk cheese on the plancha, carne asada, uh-huh. and then the cheese is a shell. Yeah, and then tiki drinks. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Jealous. I'll be there. All right. Uh, favorite non war game related podcast can't be can't be advanced or alcoholic adventure cabal either. No. Um, oh, the, um, favorite. Ooh, um, I guess I'll go. Shit, that's a, that's really hard. I didn't. <laughs> um, 
I want to say true crime, true crime bullshit, um, but it's kind of fallen off. I'll go old gods of Appalachia. Oh yeah, baby. You know yeah. what I want to hear. It's so, it's so good. His voice is meant for that. It's so good. Hello family. I have not started season three yet. Have you started it? Okay. I'm letting it build up. I, I won't yeah. wait the whole season. I'll wait till like, to like the, the breaks. Yeah. 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 What do you think of? And I'm the one that's delaying the questions, but what do you think of uh, season two as a whole? Um, it was good. I didn't like it quite as much as season one. Season one um, was so good. But I don't season know. Season two it's took a so long time for it to like, like this is what I want to listen to every time I drive around yeah. before it finally clicked. Yeah. And that's, it, it kind of fell into the like, Netflix has the like we need twelve episodes. No, this mm-hmm. is like a six episode arc. Right. I I, th- I think I think they could use some of that. Um, sure. But I get it. I mean, they it takes a lot of production to kind of do that. So kind of stretching it out a little bit. I'm sure. I'm sure helps their production. Nice. True uh, crime what... bullshit in general is pretty good though too. It's about. It's mostly about Israel Keys. Who? Israel Keys is a serial killer who maybe killed between a dozen and maybe I don't know a ton of people how do I like how do I not know that one yeah where was the active at I like true crime all over the country and that's that's part of so what this podcast is doing is kind of dissecting his interviews with the FBI so he got arrested kind Uh of played the long game and then uh, spoiler killed himself before he went on trial. Oh, um, so they're kind of trying to put the pieces together okay. and, um, either he killed everyone <laughs> mm. or he killed like 10 people. Interesting. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a really interesting story and Israel keys is a fucking douchebag. So right. it, it's like a kind of hate listen, um, the host is pretty good. They do a pretty good job. They're kind of in the weeds right now with, with the story. But yeah, if you like true crime, it's it's worth listening to. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. We were big. Uh, we don't listen to it anymore as much just because we like fell off. But um, my favorite murder was when that yeah, started was big for us. Aaron and I stopped listening to that too. Yeah. They, they kind of yeah, fell off a little bit. Like their first, I don't know, 80 episodes or whatever were really Exactly. Yep. We listened to it and we drove 16 hours on like a road trip from Kansas City, North Carolina, whatever. And then we kind of went back, but we stayed in Asheville. It was all murder, murder, murder all the time. <laughs> and we're, we're in this, we stayed outside of Asheville because Asheville hotels are like $350 a night. It's fucking nuts. And so we Holy stayed cow. at this. We, yeah, it's nuts, dude. It is at downtown Asheville is crazy expensive for hotels. Like other than that, it's fine. Um, we stayed at this bed and breakfast and it was actually their last weekend they were going to operate. We were their last guest, super nice oh, couple, wow. but you, you stayed in a house separate from them and they like lived on their own, like next to their own mountain anyways. So murder for like the last 24 hours we're driving, whatever. And we're like laying in bed and they have these old vinyl blinds and all of a sudden the vinyl blind like shot up and went bum, 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 bum. and like, all you see is like open country and mountain behind you. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And you hear that guitar riff. Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah, nice. And well, it was true crime bullshit. Yeah, true crime bullshit. Okay, I may give it a go. It's been a while since I've done a true crime thing. Uh, let's see. Um, what book is next to your bed on your or your coffee table right now? I am reading 
Um, like I said earlier, In the Heart of the Sea, The Tragedy of the Whale Ship Essex, and I am reading uh, Warlock by Jim Starlin, the complete, complete collection. Oh, I like. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a, also a comics reader, um, which which I know you are from way back. Um, and Aaron, I, I love the cosmic bullshit that, yes. that Marvel did, especially back then, like just acid trip on paper. Um, <laughs> and Aaron told me because uh, next weekend we're gonna go see Doctor Strange, who's probably up there, um, maybe number two or three marvel characters for me she was like oh yeah they're making a an adam warlock show i was like are you fucking kidding me what so i, I, I busted this back out and yeah it's nice it's not as good as dr strange or silver surfer but it's good did you read i think i may have asked you this did you read abnet and uh i don't know who i don't even who wrote it now um silver surfers run yeah like yeah. recently for okay oh, so yeah good. Uh, yeah. All right. Are you, are you talking about the Dan Slot? Um, yeah. Was it Slot Madness? No. It. Um. Oh, what is his name? The guy who did Mad Madman. Mike Allred. I, Allred, I, I keep saying yeah. Abnett. It was Mike Allred. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent Mike Allred. Yeah. Oh, yep. those are so good. That was that's so one of the good. best Silver Surfer runs for sure. For sure. Yeah. The Omnibus comes out I think in September, and I I'm gonna. Oh really? It. Yeah. And see the upside down like when the one where you like rotate the comic like lost some of its effect in digital, which is how yeah. I read them. And then oh, that's good to know. I'd like to have a a paper collection of it. It's expensive. The Omnibus sure. is ninety bucks, but right. I'm, I'm, it's that's such a good run. Is it all of it, or are they breaking it into? It's know? all of it. Yeah, it's I think oh, all yeah. six trade paperbacks. So whatever yeah. that is, times yeah. six or whatever. That'll go on a wish list for sure. All right, uh, last great book you read? Uh, the Destiny of the Republic, which um, I think I mentioned earlier. I like reading about uh, U.S. presidents. I'm kind of going through. So that's a biography of James Garfield. Uh, at, did you read um, Devil in the White City? I've never read it. Okay. I've owned it and tried to start it. I've never, never gotten into it. So Devil in the White City is kind of true crimey so it kind mm-hmm. of talks about hh H. holmes and his quote-unquote murder castle around the time of um the world's fair in uh chicago 1892 the olympic or the uh columbian exhibit or columbian whatever so it's it's kind of this kind of pop history uh by way of true crime. And that's kind of how I've been describing the destiny of the Republic. It's a presidential biography by way of pop science. So it kind of ties in, um, oh, I'm gonna blank on the term now, Um, but basically antiseptis. So like killing germs in in medicine, Uh, Joseph Lister. Uh, and Alexander, Alexander Graham Bell is in it, and then James Garfield, and then his uh, assassin. It is so good. It's 300 pages, something like that. It's very quick um, and just tells the story from these kind of four perspectives so well. It's such hmm. a good book. Um, yeah, it's it like if somebody's like, oh, presidential biographies are boring. That that's the book I'd recommend. It's so good, so good. Nice. Even my aunt rated it at five stars. I'll put. 
I did. Yeah. No, you did. And my aunt. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Candace Miller is, is the author. It's, it's so good. Nice. On my market one to read. Um, if you could bring one book with you on the island, what would it be? Oh, um, I'm going to say Catcher in the Rye. That's kind of one of my go-to. Or mm, um, the Basic Kafka, actually. I'm going to do the, ba- the Basic Kafka. So it's a, the Basic Kafka is a collection of kind of short stories, and there's like these weird meditations, and then some really good short stories like... Um, um, the hunger artist and the country doctor, um, that are just, just fantastic. Nice. Last thing you binged on Netflix. Uh, drive to survive. <laughs> nice. nice, nice, nice. <laughs> Tiki bar or piano bar? Tiki bar. If you could meet and have dinner with any military leader, dead or alive, who to be? Uh, Westmoreland, probably. Nice. Uh, alien or aliens? I'm an alien guy. Sure. Favorite band? Ooh. Matt, that's that's <laughs> not fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a Coheed and Cambria tattoo, so I'll say Coheed and Cambria. I've, well, I've seen well, Jimmy World the most live, but I go back probably to Coheed and Cambria more. Nice, 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 nice. Now, you've already answered favorite war game, so I'm going to ask you second favorite war game. Because Vietnam's first, right? V- Vietnam's first. Okay. Um, and this will change, but I think just it, like gut is Kigahara. Wow, nice. Oh, man. It's that such game a just good gets game. better with plays. It is. Yeah. Uh, favorite Euro? Power Grid. Nice. That's what my gut says. Favorite RPG uh, rule set or system? Um, my marketing brain says Wandering Stars. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Let's just go with Wandering Stars. Nice. I, Favorite. I that's that's tough because like DCC is so good, Dungeon World so good, Mothership so good. Right, I'm not answering. That's why I'm asking. I know that's tough. Uh, favorite RPG Wandering setting uh, on itch.io and drive through RPG. And if you want physical versions, just let me know. Nice. Favorite setting for RPGs. I really like Cyberpunk. Nice. Favorite movie. Or hold on, let me back up real quick since you said that. Favorite system if you're going to play Cyberpunk or run. Ooh. Um. I, I'm still kind of exploring it, honestly, because um, there's a lot and none of them do it exactly like I want them to. Uh-huh. Um, I think my favorite so far, I don't know, there's a D20 system called Mirror Shades, which is really good. It's basically just D&D for Cyberpunk, but the Sprawl is a Powered by the Apocalypse mm. game. Mm-hmm. Um does a lot of stuff I really, really like. It has it's kind of focused on mission-based play, which I'm not really into. I like kind of slice of life stuff. Um so I I think I need to kind of break the sprawl apart 
um, I'm I'm a rules follower kind of by heart. Um, so I kind of play the games how they're meant to be played. Um, and because of that, the sprawl didn't really do it for me. But I think if I were to spend some time to kind of break it apart a little bit and hack it, I think I think that would be the game for me. Nice. Uh, favorite historical site or historical site you'd most like to visit? Oh, uh, so I've never been to a historical battlefield, which is kind of interesting. Um, I live in Arizona. We don't really have a lot here. Um, actually, the westernmost battle for the American Civil War is in Arizona um, on Picacho Peak, which I've never been to, but I, I drive past it every once in a while. Um, and I lived in Savannah, Georgia for a little while. And so I'm sure I walked over battlefields, but I didn't oh, ever actually like go to a battlefield. Huh. Um, that being said, I would probably like to go to... Um, I don't know somewhere like Battle of Hastings area, maybe. Okay. Um, what's the French kind of fortress? Um, Metz. Uh, it's in. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Samalo. I just I just listened to all the light we cannot see, and that's kind of. Oh, nice. Samalo. Did you like that? I did it. I, I'm not a huge fan of that kind of historical fiction, uh-huh. but it was good. It was really yeah. good. Yeah, it's a good book. So I'll say Samalo. Nice. Um, favorite tobacco blend? Oh, I um, if if I'm around people right now, it's Lane uh, BCA, which is kind of a vanilla Cavendish. No one's ever complained. Uh, if I'm alone, it's typically uh, Peter Stokeby Luxury Navy Flake. Nice. It's, the, 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 the smell is a little bit more like cigarette so people don't like it as much, but I really uh-huh. like the flavor and feel. Nice. Favorite pipe style? Ooh, I like a, I like a slightly bent Dublin. So okay. uh, for non-pipe people, a Dublin is kind of... The classic pipe is called a billiard. It's kind of the straight-sided bowl. Um, so kind of bend that down 15 degrees and then flare the ends out, and that's a that's a Dublin. Nice, nice, nice. That's it. You can you can stand up, shake your legs out. Hot seat's done. Oh, that was so good. Thanks for doing that. I I was very nervous. I asked Matt to do the hot seat, but I, then I got nervous, and that was good. <laughs> Good, good, good. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add? Closing notes. This is super fun, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, and congrats on kid number two. Send Cat all of my love. Hope you do. You two are doing well, and and bless bless the baby one and baby two. Thank you, and and we'll do. Uh, thank you for for taking the time to do this, uh, giving up your Friday night. But oh no, uh, my pleasure. This was so much fun. fun. I oh, love nice. talking to you. All right. Well, just as a reminder, check out Jason Seth Advanced After Combat, Alcoholic Adventure Cabal. They can find you at the underscore RHT or on Instagram, right? Rocking Horse yep. Streams. Rocking Horse Streams. Check out Wandering Stars. I I legitimately recommend Wandering Stars. It's just tons of rules light fun and an inspiration for my my own rpg that will eventually someday uh continue to work through development but it's it's really good stuff so check that out 
yeah, good. it comes with a rule system and was it two or three adventures? I mean, it's, right. there's a lot of a lot of game in there. And the the character generation, like, do they get a link to that if they do the itch.io thing? Like, is that a thing that's available to the public? Yep. Yeah, it's in the rules. They'll they'll link to it. There's a there's a little generator that you can just kind of click and it creates a character for you. The characters are weird and the fun and yeah, it's it's kind of horrific and zany, kind of whatever you want to play. Actually, I, I was thinking about playing that with my kids next after after our Mouse Ritter campaign because it could it could be kid friendly if you want it to be. Oh yeah, if you're not playing with a bunch of yahoos, totally. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Leading erotic yeah, fiction. Who would choose to not play with Yahoo's? Sampling every drug on the experiment <laughs> table. Exactly. <All> right. Exactly. <laughs> nice, man. Well, thanks again. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yeah, you I'll too. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.